The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. Memphis coming off a 42-6 win over South Alabama on the road. Uh, I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports columnist. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer. Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer, is here. Uh, we're going to break it all down. Memphis is uh, going into, I guess you call it an off week. Um, they don't play this weekend. And then a big Thursday night game here at the Liberty Bowl against Navy to start AAC play. But let's first, before we look ahead to Navy a little bit, let's look back on what they did against South Alabama, moving to 3-0. and It was a uh, – the thing that stood out to me most, Evan, was – I mean, it was a dominant defensive performance. It felt. I mean, I know South Alabama, in retrospect, looked overmatched. Whoever said this was going to be a closer game than the line, <coughs> me, um, we all did. Was, was an idiot. Um, well, they lost their starting running back early. Concussed. Though. He got concussed. Yeah, in the first that quarter. team. That team wasn't going to play Memphis close, even with their star running back. But what's what stood out to you most about through three games? This defense is top five in the country right now, which is in stark contrast to recent years. Um, what stood out to you the most, Evan, about the defense? They just, I mean, the first play, JoJo Dorsius had that big tackle for loss when South Alabama tried to do a reverse. I thought that really set the tone that this unit is, again, they're faster, they're more aggressive, they seem like they're making an intent to get in the backfield and disrupt things. Um, you mentioned they're top five in total defense, they're third nationally in passing defense, Tenth in yards per play allowed. I mean, these are numbers we don't usually hear about a Memphis defense. I mean, this defense looks like they can carry this team in these tight games that they need to, and in blowout games, they can really shut teams down. So I think we're seeing a unit that's really coming alive. Um, but then obviously what that also means is this offense, I think running the ball they look really well, but we'll probably discuss Bree a little bit more. But I think the one thing that stood out is just this defense keeps finding ways to amaze, and I think this offense is getting it done, but we'll see – there's some concerns I have down the road. Well, I think both sides of the ball. I mean, Ole Miss was. I mean, here's it, you. You want to set. You want to ha- add the caveat of the competition they're playing. But like honestly, their first three games this year, I'd say were better competition than their first three games last year, and they're obviously dramatically improved defensively. So, are they top five defense in the country? Probably not. But are they really improved? I, I don't think these three games are a fluke in terms of them being really improved. Like, they look a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I get the sense. I feel like top 30 defense in the country by the end of the season is not out of the realm of possibility. Do, do, what were they last year? Do we know? It's like 80-something. 80 80 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top 30, I feel like, is is completely reasonable. Um, but, I don't know. You take the first three games with a grain of salt. Coastal Carolina is 7th. In the country right now, yeah. total defense. So, I don't know. This is what take it with a grain of salt. It's nice. Be proud of it. But I feel like top 30 is more realistic. What, what stood out to me, they're just a lot more aggressive. Yeah. They are. They're, 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 they're playing. Yeah. You know, they always yeah. talk about playing faster. They're playing faster. Yeah. Yes. Um, they're, they're, and it, it goes to what sort of, when I did that column on Adam Fuller before the year, like the thing I got talking to different people was, I don't think they're, not to say the defense is simple, but it's 
they're not asking these guys to make as many calls and decisions on the field. They're they're thinking less on the field. And and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like they are, you know, they're attacking the football. It's it's and they're tackling better and they're blitzing more. And you know, we'll see once they face you know, even this Navy game coming up is going to be a you know, different type of test with the triple option. Um, and we saw against Southern, they struggled a little bit against mm-hmm. some options. Right. They're going right. to have to clean that up. And for Adam Fuller, I don't know what I, – I would imagine Adam Fuller has played against some option over the years. Well, maybe oh, – but, but, like, you know, for instance, like Chris, last year, the past two years really, they've played solid against the option. They gave up a bunch of points two years ago, but they also forced a bunch of turnovers. Right. And then last year they played really well until the very end of the game when they lost at Navy. But Chris Ball, it seemed like, had kind of developed a plan of attack against the option. I don't know if they'll take parts of that um, this year and apply it to the, this year's game, but um, after that is when we'll, you know when they face more of these pass-heavy offenses, the AAC will get a better understanding of just how much better they are. But I think there's no doubt to me they're better. They are. And, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, and just to kind of go what you said about the triple option, last year Marshall didn't face a triple option team. Um, I was trying to go back and see if Marshall would face any when he was a li- Adam Floyd was linebacker's coach. Didn't well, see that. Was, so it, I bet you had Chattanooga maybe in the FCS he might have. I don't know. Um, yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting, but, like, you know, Navy will be a different type of test, and Navy looks like, I don't know how good, they, they're the same way, I don't know how good they are, but they look better than they did a year ago when they when they kind of stubbed their foot. And obviously, even though they weren't very good last year, they still beat Memphis. Um, probably shouldn't have, but they did. Um, so that'll be interesting. But let's, okay, let's go to the offense now. No Patrick Taylor again. Um, Brady... Did not look nearly as good as he did against Southern. Overthrew a bunch of guys. I think he was 12 of 20. Um, 209 passing. Really, I mean, like when you look at it, he had that throw to Joey Magnifico that probably should have been picked should off. Should have been picked off, yeah. The the big, the deep throw in the second half he had to DeMonte Coxey was really just a jump ball. It wasn't a well-thrown pass. Um, I found it interesting. It seemed like Memphis, I don't know if they were just, they, they, I, my guess is they probably thought they didn't need to run their full offense to beat South Alabama. Not the same amount of bubble screens that we'd seen the first That's two true. games. No. Um, it seemed like a slightly different offense. And I don't know if that was intentional or whether it was to hide some things on film from Navy. Um, but it seemed like a slightly different attack in, because there were just you just didn't see the bubble screens. You usually see it was running the ball and then... Brady throwing crossing routes, slants, and a couple deep deep balls. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, they they ran the ball so well that almost you figure, hey, keep it going. But yeah, not to mention it, like they didn't do a lot of bubbles. They didn't do a lot of like those side to side passes. And it could it could have been what South Alabama was showing because I think a lot of those bubble screens are when Brady gets to the line of scrimmage, he's told if you see a certain alignment in the defense switch out of the play to this, a bubble screen or a run or whatever. Um, so that'll be interesting. But Kenny Gainwell, another second game in a row where he seemed to have no issues carrying the load. No. Kylan Watkins 
came, but, you know, looked really good too. Yeah, um, I, I thought Kylan Watkins probably was. I mean, we know what, what Gainwell can do, but Watkins having the game he had, where he had that seventy-two yard run, had that nice diving catch that Brady threw, which was a good ball, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was that was Brady's best pass. That was a great pass. Yeah. So I thought Watkins had a really breakout game for him, and it kind of showed what we saw a little bit from him, that they talked about him being this breakout guy, and now he really kind of showed it. But obviously, you look at Kenny Gainwell, I mean, he's he's leading the AAC right now for three games in rushing. So he's shouldering the load really well. Um, but again, you know, we'll see what happens against Navy. Obviously, Patrick Taylor, we'll see what his status is. We haven't got any updates yet as of this recording, but he was sitting down again during the game. So he was on crutches still. That, still yeah. I, I would be – I'll just put it like this. I think if things go perfectly, maybe he can play against Navy. But it strikes me as he's not that close. I would be very surprised because, obviously, if he's not standing up, walking around – like you saw O'Brien Goodson was playing, and he was in a boot you know, that same first week. Um, Chris Claybrooks, we've seen walking around a little bit. Taylor's still in crutches. So I would be – very surprised if he plays against Navy. I'll even say I'm surprised if he plays against well, how he looks against Louisiana Monroe. But you know, I would not expect him back for this Navy game if I was a betting yeah. man. No, it would seem to me if you miss Navy, you might as well miss Monroe because now it looks. I mean, Temple went and beat Maryland. Like that at Temple game looks like it's going to be pretty tough. Looks like, and that's a tough defense. Uh, it looks like a game you might need him. Right. Um, so. It'll be uh, that'll be fascinating to see how that, and then they lost Pop Williams this weekend too. Any any update on his injury? At Haven't gotten an update yet. The good news was he did walk off the field with the team at halftime. I mean, he was lagging behind a little bit, but he was walking, and that was concerning because obviously when he was helped off the field, we thought you know, Jason, you thought maybe non, you said maybe it, it, it looked on the replay like it was non-contact. It looked like he planted his foot, and before. Before anybody had made contact with him, he like he started he like came up a little lame. Like you could tell, as soon as he planted that leg, he mm. took the weight off that leg before anybody hit it. So like, if it's it seems like non-contact to me, um, but it could just be a sprain. I mean it, it you know I mean it doesn't mean it's a yeah. torn, anything's torn. And the good news was he was riding the stationary bike in the second quarter and yeah, he did yeah. walk off, so he didn't return. Well, it's well and but, frankly, like I don't mean this as a slight to pop, but like Antonio Gibson has looked really good. Um, you've seen some other wide receivers, some other receivers emerge. Um, now, if you lose Coxie, that's a big deal. But, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, I think they can get, they can get past losing pop Williams. Yeah. Obviously pop is a factor more in special teams as well too, but obviously, you know, Antonio Gibson, um, Mike was really high on him and he's played really well. Did great in special teams as well. Kadarian Jones has a touchdown Got yeah, a touchdown, so solid. so I think the receivers have looked really, really well. And obviously, and then you can use Travion Samuel and like pop that little Pop Williams type role, and like you know you can expand his role a little bit if Pop's right. out for for a while. So um, that'll be very interesting. What what I found fascinating about this weekend is it kind of reinforced. I know a lot we, before the season we kept talking about this end of season end season stretch where Memphis has to play at Houston at USF Cincinnati and that would determine the year and it probably still will but I think the middle of the schedule looks a lot tougher than it did when the season began like we mentioned Temple looks pretty good and you're gonna have to go on the road and win at Temple Tulane looks pretty good we're gonna gonna learn more about them this weekend when they play Houston they host Houston and then SMU looks solid too. 
Uh, yeah. Looks yeah. better than we thought. I don't know if they're going to be a contender or not, but they look solid. And then, and then you've got that three game stretch at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so that's something to. And whereas, and while I will say that USF game on the road doesn't look nearly as daunting as it did preseason. Well, speaking of Tulane, I wanted to point out they're favored. Yes. To beat Houston. Really? Yes. yes. As of as of right now, I interesting. Mean, they're three and a half point favorites. Interesting. Yeah. So. It's it the league and like this weekend was a good weekend for the league. Like UCF yeah. looked awesome, really good, stomping Stanford, and, and Cincinnati Temple. won again. You mentioned Temple, and Temple had the big win over Maryland, and so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting race. I think the sense I'm getting is it's gonna be similar to last year in the West Division, where your champion is going to have lost a couple AAC games at least. I don't think Me- like Memphis is not like losing one AAC game. I don't think will be the end of the world for Memphis in the West Division this year. No. I don't I think, think there's a lot of good teams, but I don't know if in the West if there's a great team. No, and I don't think even if if you lose three games, you're probably done. But two, I think you can still win the AAC with that. Yeah, or when even they last the year, three didn't matter. Yeah, although I think they'll be a little bit better this year than that. Yeah. But, yeah, two loss. I think if you lose, you'll be okay. One, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm wondering when UCF is going to – I mean, if they if they beat the crap out of Pittsburgh this weekend at Pitt, are people going to, like I, – I still don't think the national polls or whatever are going to truly embrace UCF. But um, it's getting about that time where – I mean, they looked great. Yeah. With a freshman quarterback, yeah, and like, I don't know. I, I don't see much of a difference. Like the ACC has Clemson on top, who's obviously really, really good. Other than Clemson, though, ain't that big of a difference between the ACC and the AAC. I'm sorry, there just isn't. Yeah, this year. I'll buy that. Yeah. I mean, there just isn't. And yeah. the Pac-12 similarly. Pac-12 is oh, not, yeah. like, not good. You could maybe like they're they're maybe not on even ground, but like a like the top half of the AAC would be very competitive in both of those leagues. If not, like like UCF, I think, the, the UCF I saw against Stanford would be the second best team in the ACC. They would. That, I yeah. don't think that's uh, a hot take at all. I mean, yeah. that's, that's... Who is the second best team in the, in the ACC? Like maybe UVA or Wake Forest. Like, it's, t- it's a terrible league this year. Right. And, like, so this whole, like, you know, Memphis isn't moving up at all in the polls. UCF... They're gonna move up, but only move up so much. Like it just, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible for the sport. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's terrible for the league. But um, more, more so, it's terrible for the sport. Like UCF should be higher ranked than thirteen or whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah, they're at, they're at sixteen right now. After what they've done the past two years, like these early season polls are based off tradition and yeah. reputation, like. Based on what they did the past couple, like like for instance, my alma mater, Michigan, is ranked ahead of them. Michigan should not be ranked ahead of UCF. Like they just shouldn't. Right. They shouldn't. Um, so they probably won't be after they lose to Wisconsin this weekend. But uh, I digress. Um, what do you? So last thing before we go, we talked about Brady earlier, but I met you think I I think someone's going to force him to win a game. 
right? Oh yeah, like, they right? will. They will. If they're you know, smart, like yeah. Navy, that's what yeah. Navy's going to do. Navy will do it. I think Temple will absolutely do it. I mean, shoot, Louisiana Monroe obviously made Florida State struggle, so they're going to figure out to say, he's hey, he's got to be sharper. He's got to the way he played against Southern. I know it was against Southern, but like, if there's a way for him to look, maybe not that good, but like similar to that, like. That's the ideal scenario, don't right? You, don't you think if he was capable of that, he would have done it? The, a, he would have done it by now, and B, he would have done it last week, the, the, two days ago. I mean, I, I, I just I don't think he's got it in him. I just don't. He's just gonna be like he he can play better than he did against South Alabama, though. Yeah, he cannot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like that game was. I was disappointed because I thought that would be a game where he could kind of just you know do the right things, do enough, and he almost kind of, you know, gave South Alabama just the score. So, um... He was fine He was. He wasn't bad. But I'm just saying, like, what, what we just went through with their schedule, like, there's going to be a couple games where he's going to have to go win it. I just, th- yes. I just think yeah. that they're going to... Yeah. And that's, to me, what he's going to need to prove here. The, pro- the biggest problem is those throws that he makes against the South Alabamas of the world that are just a little bit off, they don't matter. Yeah. Well, he can get away with it. He can get away with it. Yeah. There's going to be games where he can't get away with that. No, you're right. Against like against Houston, they're going to make him pay. The Magnifico that got tipped gets yeah. intercepted. Yeah. You know, like something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, balls that are uh, you know, 2 feet off the mark. There was there was a high throw to to Coxie early yeah. in the game or whatever that it was a throw in the end zone where he threw behind him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's always a handful of throws. No, he was not sharp in that game. No. Like, that was, that was, he was 12 of 20 and really should have been, frankly, like 16 of 20. And the four, you know, the four or five throws he missed were the really only, mostly the high diff, high diff degree of difficulty. Throws. Yeah. So another good thing for Memphis is, you know, with Patrick Taylor or without, they've got a very stout run game. A very stout run game. So, so the game plan, the idea that you brought up of making Brady White beat you, is not easy because they've got so many. Yeah. They've got such a stout run game. Well, like I said, I I just got the feeling watching that game that Mike was not the full playbook was not yeah, in effect yeah, yeah. in that South Alabama game. Yeah. Like he was keeping stuff for sure in his back pocket for games where he was going to need it. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll see. Because honestly, like we said, we haven't seen in these kind of big games, Brady White has to be able to play to the level he's played against like Southern or Mercer even last year. We haven't really seen a game against a D one opponent where he's been able to do that. Right. So, well it'll be fascinating. Navy coming to the Liberty Bowl next Thursday night. So you got a full you got almost a week and a half between now and then. So we will be back next week pre- to preview the Navy game. Um, which should be a lot of fun. Thursday night at the Liberty Bowl, national TV. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Central? I believe. I believe it's 7 o'clock Central. Is it 7? I believe it's 7. Yeah. It's 8 o'clock. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock Central, yeah. My bad. 7 o'clock. 7 p.m. 7 o'clock Central time. Still kind of late, but, you know. Oh, sorry. Past your bedtime, Jason. Dude, I I mean, that's... You know, hey. Hey, I had to stay for an 8 8 p.m. SMU game. We can do this. All right. We can do this. Um, No, it should be fun. Uh, 
Memphis Navy is all, the past few years it's been come down to the wire these Memphis Navy games. So yeah. um, we'll break it all down next week. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. Thanks so much, and enjoy your week. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.